Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Future is Bilingual podcast. As always, I'm happy you're joining me. Today, I have an interview for you with my good friend, Marchin, and we talked for quite a while, so we've actually decided to divide this interview into two parts. So today, I'm bringing you part one, and in it, he's going to tell us about his family history with immigration and what it was like for him to learn languages later in life. And also, he's going to speak to the importance of exposing children to language as early as possible and what he's doing to help that uh, with that goal. So I hope that you enjoy this first part of our interview and of course stick around and I will soon be publishing part two. And as always, thank you for listening. Take care. All right. Welcome, Marcin, uh, to the Futures Bengal podcast. And, um, hi. Thank you for joining me today. So uh, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what your family's like? Yeah, so um, as you said, my name is Martin, and I, um, I, my, my family's history is a little interesting concerning like moving between the U.S. and Poland, but I was born in Poland, and I lived there until I was 13, um, and I, when I was 13, I moved to the U.S., um, but I did not get much um, English education back home. I mean, th- there were some you know, hmm. private um, classes that my my parents signed me up for. But my my great grandmother, my my babcha, she um, she was born in the U.S. You know, oh, in, I didn't mid- know that. Short, yeah, yeah, back in 1916, she was born in Massachusetts. Um, so she had spent the first six years of her life in Massachusetts before you know her mom as a single mother moved uh back with six kids and seventh on the way um to Poland in 1922 um and they they got a plot of land and they grew up there um and then um she moved back to the U.S. in in 1937 and then how old would she be then so she would have been um she would have been about 19 or 20 she would have been 21. Um, okay. So she came by herself. She lived in Rhode Island at that time um, with a family member. Uh, but she, I remember her telling me she worked at a restaurant with this Italian owner. Um, and she worked as a waitress at that time. So, you know, her English was presumably pretty good at that mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah, or, she, or she got really good when she came back. Yeah, I mean, she, so she, you know, English was her first language, but when she was six when she moved back, so, you know, then everything switched to Polish, so pretty quickly she yeah. forgot um, a lot of it since they weren't using it as much, um, but right. she did. That's a hard age to come. Yeah, back and, and it's not like you have a whole, you know, structure that you can um, keep speaking the language, like you have your siblings. And not much schooling, and yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously, well, not obviously, but where they were living, you know, where they went to school, um, yeah, there wasn't much of a structure and I, I highly doubt they would have had English lessons there. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in those years. It's not, mm-hmm. it is popular now, but that's yeah. not back then. No, not back then. I mean, this was, you know, not, like four years after Poland regained independence. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of bigger issues in a sense, since they were trying to start almost a new country out of like three separate um, parts in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. 
so that's but she she came here in the 30s and she moved back in 1939 in march actually um which was a very interesting time uh which yeah. she knew but then yeah she she came back to poland right then but she her husband was in poland at the time she got married a couple of years earlier um mm. so her kids were born during the war including my grandmother um mm. and then you know my dad was born in poland and i was born in poland but then we moved back here you know 20 years ago now um is, i just never knew that you guys had that much history that's so crazy mm. Oh yeah, so and it's even extends before then so on both like well not both because we're talking great grandparents. So on mm -hmm. two great grandparents. Uh, as I said, she was born here, so her parents had emigrated from Poland. But her her later husbands, you know, my great uh great grandparents, they had lived um in you know, um where I live now actually, um in the same town. And so this would have been the end of the nineteenth century, but we I don't have much information about them mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but yeah, so so there is a fair amount of history there uh, between moving back and forth. Uh, mm -hmm. So we moved here when I was 13 and I was in seventh grade and mm -hmm. I knew very little English. Um, I knew... Oh, that's such an awkward stage anyway to be yeah. 13. <laughs> and I, I knew how to say my name and I could count. Um, okay. So even though even though she taught me you know a fair bit of English, it's not like I could speak it. Um, mm. So it took a little while to to get going. But but then, which is so hard to believe, Marching, because your English is so like un unaccented. Yeah, <laughs> so there are so yeah. Thank you. No, there there was a lot of practice involved, and um, I can't believe that you didn't know how to say anything but numbers in your name. That's just basically yeah that's what it came down to um so in our like group of friends i probably had the least um english but i had the advantage of being the youngest so i had a little more um True. in that sense um but but yeah so that was hard but you know interesting and we got through it mm -hmm. um and there are some as you said like my accent but th there are clues and they're kind of interesting in terms of um the differences and similarities between Polish and English, like people don't think of letter L as being strange, but it is like the Polish speaker, like you will recognize Polish speakers, um, even if they're quite fluent because their L's are not quite um, native. It's very hard. For, yeah, it's very hard for Polish speakers to, to gain that lateral L. Um, mm -hmm. Like words like middle, you know, like that's a, mm -hmm. yeah, it would be. It's like a dark, what did they call it? A dark L. It, it wasn't until I in college I learned that native speakers, when they say middle, when they mm -hmm. say mid, like your tongue hits up to your like teeth and, and um like the back of your teeth and a little on the pad. But then for the L, you actually don't really remove it, which was news to me. You kind mm -hmm. of just it there and the kind of the sides of your teeth collapse. It's yeah. the, that was it was not until it's I was the last it's the last syllable. That's yeah. Kind of, yeah. So you should and tell I, us at some point yeah. about your studies. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm getting a little um, off topic here, but, but that's basically, um, you know, I came here, I was in seventh grade, I finished middle school and then high school. And then I went to college, um, but I went to music school and also throughout mm -hmm. high school, I was studying music. So I, I sometimes think that that helped with the accent and with the pronunciation mm -hmm. because 
we spend so much time on listening and listening exercises um, and your ear, you know, it's a muscle. Like you, you train it the same way you train, you know, your biceps and your triceps when you're lifting weights or when you run, um, you, you know, you train your leg muscles and ears are the same. You train them and they get better at, at listening. Um, so yeah, hearing even, distinctions and hearing yeah, subtle, yeah. subtle differences. Mm -hmm. yeah. so it's the second best thing to being a baby because uh, babies hear everything just by default and then so once, they're, <laughs> once they're a little older like past two three you know whatever the breakup mm -hmm. is they start to lose that ability to hear all the minute differences between sound i've heard even as young as six months or as young as um, a year they don't so, hear the, the differences yeah like different so, owls so that, they yeah. wouldn't notice oh yeah or like oh. with with like the Japanese F, like, mm. like when they say like Fuji, right? It's not, mm -hmm. we say F by touching our teeth to the bottom lip. And in yes. Japan, like you, you might not, um, I'm trying to remember that, that specific thing, but basically, yeah. So it's a great uh, ad for why, you know, you should start teaching your kids as young as possible. Um, yeah. And prenatally even read to them when they're still, when they're before they're, mm. they, they will there's benefits yeah. and if you can't you know and you know someone who can enlist them <laughs> oh definitely a grandparent or, yeah. aunt or an uncle or friend yeah it's, yeah you know, it's not it's not all on our shoulders as a parent because oh, sometimes definitely. people feel that way like well I don't I don't speak another language fluently so yeah maybe you know maybe you know some basics um, you, and you, so even and people you, could just do basics with their baby and second best thing after that is um, we can still we still have the technology to for for the kids to listen you know, listen to music and other languages listen to sh like watch mm -hmm. shows um, and learn with your kid so if you know basic Spanish and you want to know more you know you can learn along with them oh yeah you will improve and then they will correct yeah. you it'll be yeah. it'll be quite a, a celebratory day when your kid you know corrects you. Um, oh. which actually happens in my family, which we can get to in a little bit. But yeah, so when I when it I went to in college, my family too. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet. Well, if um, my, uh, Marish Adrian, my son, will remember things faster than I do. So if oh, Marish okay. says something once, my husband says a word once, he remembers it. Yeah. I'm like, what's the, what's a screw? What's this thing called? Screwdriver? Oh, yeah. And he's like, this. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and and my my dad was saying, because my... my um, my brother and my sister-in-law have two kids and one of them just is about to turn seven and the other is four. And especially the seven-year-old, my nephew, he um, will correct my, my dad or my mom um, oh boy. in their English um, because he's, he's a native speaker um, right. and they're not. They moved here when they were, you know, in their forties, basically. Um, yeah. so they're how, is, how is your parents English? Because um, for our listeners, I do know Marcin personally. I know, I know his family, but yes. I usually speak to your parents in Polish, so I don't think I've ever heard them speak English. You do, and and there are differences. They're kind of interesting because my my dad um, speaks English quite well, um, but he'll never admit it, and he will put himself down as saying like, that "No, humble. yeah, not good enough. It's not good enough. I make mistakes. People don't understand me." Um, <sighs> And and some of it is kind of self fulfilling prophecy because if you if you think people don't understand you you will lose confidence so you'll not speak up as loud you'll not enunciate as you know as much or um, practice as much or and definitely not practice as much um, so you know, but but he can definitely get along um, with anybody and everybody he can just you know carry on a conversation um, and 
my mom, it's a, it was a little harder for her because she wasn't able to do as much because of when we moved here, because of their work schedules, um, you have to work like no matter, you can't be middle-aged and not work. Um, when you're, when you have two kids and, you know, moving to a new country, but so she wasn't able to do as much because of her work schedule. She wasn't able to get as many, um, after school English classes as my dad was. So she, but she's an interesting case because she understands a lot more than you would think. Um, mm -hmm. because she also has that, you know, a little bit of a block of not speaking as much because it won't be perfect. Um, mm -hmm. and you've covered this on the, on the podcast before, like it, that doesn't matter. You just speak. Yeah. And, um, most people it's are hard to teach an old dog new tricks though. Like I, right. I feel like a lot of that generation, which is our parents, um, yeah. they definitely, they have that block where they're afraid to do it wrong so they don't do it at all and you know my, yeah. po my podcast is aimed for all and I you know I hope I can encourage people to but if yeah it's hard it's hard to get over that when it's so ingrained and that's what you've believed for 50 years it's very hard yeah. to get over yeah <laughs> something like that and, and some people depending on where they grew up and what education education system they go through like some of the Central right. European education can be very strict, and I, 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 but I think France, like France, is pro. I think the same way. Like you will, your teachers tell you, no, you're not good, you know. Versus having more of a, um, more of a support structure of saying, like, all right, you know, maybe that wasn't quite perfect, but you're doing well. You know, having a, a lot more of that right. encouragement, um, and and the other thing that I, and not overcorrection. Yeah, and. So I was just going to say I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent again because I, I, do, <laughs> I, yeah, I do not like a lot of the formal. I mean, there's a great benefit to having formal lessons. And, you know, if you can sign up for a formal course, definitely do it because you will have a teacher who, who knows the language and, you know, you will get a lot from it. Um, a lot of the old old school teaching methods are, are get so bogged down in the grammar of getting all the particular endings of all the grammar, you know, correctly and making sure you have your right articles all the time. And that can, I mean, you need it, but, but it, it won't be matter. overwhelming. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> it, most of the time, if you get like in Polish, because we have the seven grammar cases, so your, your nouns will change endings depending on your sentence structure, which you've mentioned before as well. But yes. if you get it wrong, you know, 90% of the time, people will still understand what you mean, even if you get the yeah. ending wrong. Um, and if you're close, you know, and, and you want to be corrected, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah. I've, I've used, I use that all the time with you guys and friends. And yeah. I just had a, a lesson. Um, I do a lesson every Saturday with Polsky Daily, um, actually mm -hmm. with a different lady who's a friend of the person who runs that site. Okay, but it's a grammar. It's a grammar like forty-five minute Zoom, and she just did a whole lesson on all the different ways to say both. And oh, she yeah. had a chart, a chart come up for all the cases and the yeah you know, the different the different male animated, non-animated, female, and anyway, it just people were getting overwhelmed, and there's people yeah. from all over the world, and this guy's like, I need to copy this down, and she's like, Well, just like half of the chart is obu. Like, she's like, just yes. try that. And if it's not right, it's fine. Yeah. Because people that. were getting so stressed. They were like, oh, my God. You'll be right half time with this one ending or with a couple endings. Yeah. Um, but it, grammar so. is, in all languages, it has, you know, every language has their difficult 
thing. Yes. For well, a lot I, of them, it's grammar. You know, when I was in middle school in seventh and eighth grade, what was really great about my middle school is that um, they assigned me a person, I don't even know if I would call her, you know, a tutor, uh, but mm-hmm. she she was a, a, I guess, a social worker, I'm not really sure, um, who worked at the school, and she spoke Polish, or at least she could get by in Polish. So mm-hmm. they assigned her to stay with me all day, every day. So wow. in all my classes, I had a, a personal tutor who, who would, ex- you know, if I didn't understand something, she would explain it to me. Um, and that was a huge help, you know, to my my early education I mean, middle school but like early in terms of I just moved here um right. huge boost but I remember one time asking her the difference between other and another because it's like how do you decide when to use which and she kind yeah. of raised her arms and said I I don't know um but but on the other hand if I if I used one and not the other it's not like people would misunderstand the you know they wouldn't understand okay. the intention of my sentence um so sometimes yeah, you can so get down by these but these really mute um, points that, you know, will come later um, yeah. as, you, how as long, you get better. Sorry, that, how long did she work with you? Was it like For that? three years. So it was in middle school, seventh and eighth grade. Wow, um, that's great. Yeah. I wish so, all yeah. kids that move <laughs> to a new school in those, you know, middle school, maybe later elementary years, high school. Yeah. Could have that. Oh, yeah. That and, and so I was helpful. in, I have no idea what, karma I had saved up because that was that's an incredible privilege that as you said most people do not get and wow. other people in the school didn't get it um you know there were yeah and I mean you know there were at that time even though it was a fairly large Polish especially historically Polish area um mm-hmm. which you know I mean I have extended family that live here and we can get into that in a little bit but um, there were a lot of kids, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of Hispanic kids, but there were a lot of Russian kids too. And it's not like each of them would have a, a tutor with them all day. Um, mm. So I was getting a big leg up over a lot of the other kids um, just by sheer luck. I mean, if I had gone to a different middle school, they probably wouldn't have had a person that they could assign me. No, um, no I think that's pretty rare. Yeah. I take it. <laughs> oh, definitely. No, it. it helped me immensely Mm -hmm. before we get too far um what other languages do you speak because we've talked a lot about english and polish yeah and i mean so i i just consider myself like in purely if 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 i'm very strict and i usually am i'm bilingual and that's it i'm i speak polish and i speak english um but i i i can switch between them you know in at any time no matter how tired i am no matter what's Mm -hmm. happening um, I can switch between them with no um, issues whatsoever. Um, no effort is needed. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, think, you no. don't have to think. You just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I can I can see one language and read the other. You know, I just translate as I go. I do that a fair bit. Um, yes, you do. You're known for well. Um, we should say Marcin has a YouTube channel where he reads stories um, in Polish and English. And also, you didn't tell us your job. Do you want to mention that? I can. Yeah, and thank you for the Since shout it's out. Related. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am, I mean, that's also, there's nothing very straightforward with me. Um, my, I have degrees in library science, but it was really in archival management, but I work as a librarian and I work as an archivist um, in, in you know, related but separate jobs. Um, but in my, as a librarian, my 
main, um, or at least what I consider my spiritual home is as a a children's librarian. So I work with children a lot and um, in the area, um, in the town where, you know, it's a university town. Um, So they, there are a lot of um, international students that come, especially the the graduate and postgraduate students, like they'll come with families. So there are a lot of um, Mm. students from all over the world that have little kids that come to the library. So there are a lot of different languages represented, but one of the big programs that I do um, is the Polish bilingual story time where I do read books in Polish and English. Um, and And sometimes I would only have kids that don't speak Polish. And sometimes I would have mm-hmm. kids that speak Polish or English. Mm-hmm. And they would, be, uh, they would be the only kids at the program. So it's it's a very interesting, elastic thing, language, mm-hmm. and how you can communicate. But because but we, it, uh, yeah. Did you I notice mean, anything different with those kids? Like I, I've noticed if I read something to my kids in a different language, like they'll still just listen along and look at the pictures. Like I feel like kids are so open to things. They don't shut down the way an adult yeah. would. And, and I'm saying? I run that program pretty much based on that premise. I strongly believe that premise. And I, um, and you know, I want to do it well because if I don't do it well, then it won't matter. But it does yeah. not, if you have, especially when you have picture books, you have, and, and you, you think about what picture books you choose, but you can choose picture books where the pictures tell you so much of the story um, where you can follow it um, based on the pictures. So then including facial expression and gestures, which you've covered before too, like so much of language is non-verbal. Non-verbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so through all the other cues, uh, language cues or non-verbal cues, like that a lot of the kids can follow and... And, um, and they're getting something out of it. They definitely are. And there was one kid that I remember very fondly who had, you know, never heard Polish before. Um, and when I started speaking, he could not stop laughing. It was just so incredible to him. But he would repeat, you know, every other sentence I say and his repetition, it was so good. Like his wow. pronunciation was so close. And you think, you know, he was from Asia. He was, um, he was from China. Mm-hmm. Not a language that is in any way related to Polish um, very closely at all. Um, so it's you know very different language, and he was able to repeat um, so many of the things I said so well, um, which I couldn't do in turn. This kid has probably heard already English and um, and Chinese, so it may maybe you've Definitely. you know switched some something in his brain where he's like, oh, yeah, I hear another language. Let me and try and repeat it. Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's. Um, that's Polish and English, um, but I've I like to dabble in languages. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I studied French in high school, so I took mm-hmm. four years of French. And at the end of high school, I was, um, you know, fairly good. Asterisk, um, you know, asterisk being like for someone who took French for four years but didn't actually mm-hmm. like to a country where it's spoken or or know too many people that could speak it. Um, but you've got a base, so if you ever needed to use it you know yeah. you could build on and, that and yeah and um and now i've been to france you know so i actually mm-hmm. i know i know some people in france and i have a couple of friends who speak french now you obviously like you're um fluent in french and um i have another friend that i actually met in paris when i was in paris last year um mm-hmm. and she's not french but she speaks french um 
so I have a lot of like a few more people now that I could practice with um mm -hmm. and also and, Dominica who was on yes and she and but she also speaks good French yeah um and when she I sometimes and, pulled some French out with her just for fun and when when she I, I don't remember her mentioning this on the program maybe she has and I just don't remember um mm. early on when she moved here she she spent um I think it was a summer with like a, a friend of her family's and at that same time that family was also had another kid who was a friend of a family who was who grew up in France and he didn't speak English and he barely spoke any Polish so she spoke French with him and that was the way that they would communicate because it was the best person oh. to do it that way she um, didn't with, mention that but that's awesome <laughs> you know with some <laughs> Polish and English uh thrown in uh but they were able to communicate that way um yeah wow. so, so it's absolutely incredible how you can use all the different languages um mm -hmm. when i first moved here I, I studied russian for two years in poland before moving here mm -hmm. and russian and polish are not mutually intelligible but they share a lot of the same base um mm -hmm. you know, they have a very similar like grammatical structure and, and whatnot um so when i moved here and there were pretty much no other polish kids i could hang out with at school i was hanging out with some russian kids and I spoke more Russian than English, so I, I was able to speak Russian to them, also throwing in Polish words here and there, and we would figure uh, figure each other that's out. Funny. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so in a sense, I mean, Russian was my first non-native language that I was learning, mm -hmm. um, and I and I was able to communicate in it. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't, I mean, English quickly overtook it as my second best language. Um, and also, they, you know, we didn't stay in touch or anything after after I went to high school, after mm -hmm. we went to separate high schools. So, um, But how interesting that you had this, you know, you could have just been this isolated Polish student, but you had mm -hmm. this other, you know, capability to speak with these other students. So Yeah, because of that little um, tool. Um, mm -hmm. So that was that. And, and the, the language I wanted to learn the most um, since high school was German. And I signed up for German, um, and, you know, uh, when I was in, when we were in eighth grade and signing up for classes, I signed up for German, but there were very few people that signed up for it. So they canceled the program. That's so, so that's how I ended up in French, which is fine because French is a great language and I enjoyed learning it. Um, mm. But it, it was German that I wanted to learn. So I finally did a lot of German uh, just by myself, just by sheer mm. self, I guess, drive. Um, yeah. <laughs> with a lot of pitfalls and um, yeah, but I, I never That's what it is. Formal it's study. always how it is. It's never yeah. a, a straight line into the, yeah. Know, I went from an, an A1 to a C2 with no problems or pitfalls oh, or stop or stopping or breaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's never that way. No, no. Unfortunately. And, and um, but, but what was interesting is that with German, um, that's when I first started to to use everything at my disposal that I could get my hands on. So I was listening to German music um, and looking up the lyrics and learning them and memorizing them and then looking at the translations. Um, and in some cases then regretting that I had learned the translation because the, the, the lyrics just weren't very good or very nice anyway. Um, yeah. but, but you just learn however you can do it. And, um, and then later on, you know, much later with the advent of all the apps 
like using all the language apps. Um, so I was using Duolingo, which is probably the biggest um, Mango languages, which is through the library. Um, I set a stone, which is expensive, but it is good. Um, and then Memorize was another one uh, that I would use. And then For vocabulary. Yeah. Um, Did you have a favorite of those that you mentioned? So that's a good question because I like them all for different reasons because they have different strengths and different uh, weaknesses. The one I've definitely done the most and continue to do now is Duolingo. Um, and you can get a lot out of it. Um, mm -hmm. if, if I do it on my phone, which is how I mostly do it, it's harder to um, get all the grammar um, because if you're, if you're on the desktop, you have the... Um, all the tips that you can access that have like all the grammar charts and and all the explanations, which you don't get on the, on the app. Um, I've never done it on a desktop. That's, very, yeah. that's so a good tip, okay. There are differences. And I know there are differences between, um, and I mean, maybe they've changed now, but it, there used to be differences between the Apple and the Android versions. Oh. Uh, and one thing that it's, they've still not done it on the Android is that if you if you have to form a, you translate a sentence but they give you all the words and you just click on them to arrange them in order mm -hmm. if you if you get them wrong you can't just rearrange it you have to like take out the words and then redo that and on the mm -hmm. iphone i think you were able to always just swap them around mm -hmm. if you to. Mm -hmm. um yeah i have an android so i always have to redo it <laughs> yeah which so seems we're like not... a mission for that Mm -hmm. We're not sponsored by Duolingo unless they want to sponsor this podcast. But I also um, yeah, we'll take that. it recently. Yeah, I'll definitely take a sponsor. I love Duolingo. Um, I started reusing them recently for Korean. Okay. And I, I just feel like you kind of have, I, I personally have to have like other resources. Like I have other websites um, yeah. that teach grammar in a more, I don't know, explanatory way, I guess. And then, then when I see their example sentences, because I've been doing other stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the this marker. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, yeah, on its own, it it maybe falls a little short. And people always, there's always memes and stuff about the ridiculous sentences they say. Um, oh, yeah. But I find that to be kind of have, funny. Like, what's what is Duolingo going to come up with today? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and and oh, and that reminds like they they also have the not Duolingo, but like Pimsleur has the audiobook tapes. Um, or mm. you can get those. I've loved Pimsleur, yeah. I've had a yeah. bunch of those CDs, and they're just, I don't know. I used one before going to Japan, and I did feel like it helped me to at least have some really concrete basic sentences. Like, I was mm. able to confidently ask, like, do you speak English? Is there someone here that could speak English? I would yeah. like some water, please. I don't know, just, like, really basic. But yeah, when it's a language, like, Japanese I can't even read <laughs> right um, that yeah, was very helpful just to get those sentences into my head um, and the people I traveled with were not language people at all and they were except for one um, two of them spoke Japanese to different, okay, yeah. different degrees but the other people like the assistant principal was like oh my god you're just speaking Japanese already I'm like mm -hmm. well I did these I knew I was going so I did these yeah. pillars like Pimsleur CDs for a while beforehand yeah and, and they you, were all like, yeah. oh, Heather, <laughs> the linguist talking all this. I'm like, well, I'm not saying anything complicated. Yeah. But there is... <laughs> it was like, the same sentence every day. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I mean, there, there is like something to be said for that because... And in our group of friends, like, well, it's like, oh, Heather is so good with languages, so good with languages. 
But like <laughs> so much of it is such hard work that yeah. um, when, when I was in music school that I always got it when, because I, I don't think I was necessarily talented at music, but I, I could understand music, but I had to work mm-hmm. so hard to get the, the technical, um, mm-hmm. to get the technical basics. So when, when I would play something, they'll say, oh, you're so talented. It's like, I almost wanted to, you know, be because because it's like so much hard work goes into it right um so That's so but, but it's yeah the hours i spent listening to things to say yeah. that one sentence nobody sees the hours they just see the one sentence they think, yeah oh. <laughs> um, so yeah there is and 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 it builds on on each other like the more you learn and the more languages you you get a handle on then the next languages will you'll have a more your brain will be more adept at them and mm-hmm. and you've yeah. talked about this too mm-hmm. yeah. um, but there so are people like us that are just interested in languages because as you've said you've dabbled in different ones just yeah for fun. So, and, and what i what i end up doing is that when i go to a country i decide and you know what you did with japanese like that's that's what i do is when i go to a country i want to get some basics so so that's how i ended up you know doing like norwegian and danish and um Mm-hmm. Um, some Spanish too and Italian um, so at some point you know maybe not so much because I haven't practiced Norwegian or Danish in like three years um, and Danish is just hard um, Danish doesn't make sense I don't care what natives say they don't make sense the way they spell things the way they pronounce them I don't I think it's a they, they're trolling all of us um, mm-hmm. you know with Norwegian like I hear a Norwegian say something and I see how it's spelled and I say okay I know how you got there and then it could be the same word in Danish because they're very related languages, but the Dane will pronounce mm-hmm. it so different that I cannot recreate that well, sound in my head. Um, but that's like trying to be tricky. <laughs> right. I do think it's on purpose. No, no. And Danes, I mean, Danes are great people and there. Um, no disrespect to the, I don't know anything about Danish. So. Uh, and uh, and I mean, it, it is a really nice sounding language too. And they have a very high percentage of English speaker in Denmark. So never feel you know, mm-hmm. fear visiting Denmark. Um, oh, they do have that Hugo, which is spelt with like H-Y. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the only <laughs> Danish I know that makes, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. But then they're like, tak, which we think of as yes, because tak is mm-hmm. Polish, but in Danish, it just means thank you. Um, yeah, like, tusen tak, like a thousand thanks, mm-hmm. um, which there was one, one, instance in which i i i went to a store to buy something and i only spoke danish and i felt so proud except that what i said was just hello and thank you That's but okay. it felt so proud 100% the, danish. <laughs> the, the person just spoke danish to me um because mm-hmm. you know i came to the store and they said hello and i said hello and they told me the price and i looked over at the register because i didn't catch it um, yeah. and I paid and then I said, and I said goodbye and you know and that was my complete conversation in Danish um, it's a win. and you gotta start somewhere and it felt so good mm-hmm. but yeah well, so that, I mean that's also what language is getting communication a successful interaction transaction yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got that what you is... wanted they got money everyone's happy <laughs> money and everybody's happy and <laughs> the, the guy was just there not thinking about whether he's dealing with a tourist or not. He's just doing his job. Yeah, I mean, that 
that's great. And also anyone who's traveled to Paris um, knows that you try and speak French and they'll immediately speak English to you if you have a slight American accent. And even okay. in Canada, because they're like, well, we speak both. We'll just speak to you in English. And you're like, I'm here to practice my French. <laughs> I, I literally heard that when I was at, um, when I was in, oh, I don't remember if it was in Quebec City. It probably was in Montreal. They might be a little more welcoming, but mm-hmm. um, we were at, oh, Tim Hortons probably. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but the, the person in front of me and at the um, went to the register to order something and they said something in French. And the person answered in English. And I, I could understand, you know, I knew enough French to understand that the person said, oh, no, could you speak French? Because I want to practice. Um, and then they went back to speaking French. Um, That's good. And but you have to advocate for yourself. Because I know yeah. so many students have told me that happened to them. And it's happened to me when I was, you know, first learning French and we took trips up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, fr- it's frustrating. So it's I, good that that English that. person didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when I was in Germany, I... I tried doing that but the the issue was that the first time I went to Germany when I was in Berlin um you know I spoke a little bit of German and then the next time I went I knew a little bit more German and I decided to Mm -hmm. try to speak as much German as possible the issue was that I was in Munich and um speaking I I had a very hard time understanding people and then mm-hmm. I spoke to when I came back home and I spoke to a, a native German, um, that, you know, she told me that, well, you know, trying to speak German in Munich is kind of like trying to speak English in Louisiana. Like it's still the same language, but it's just yeah. so such an accent, yeah, regional accent that it's very hard to understand, which made me feel a little better about, about that. But um, yeah. when I was in a restaurant trying to order food and, and you know, the waitress understood that. Like she, she figured out that she, I have a hard time understanding her. She switched to English and she was like, do you speak English? But I refused to say yes to that. I just kept speaking German to her mm-hmm. to kind of force her to do that. Um, and then she did. And we, we, we communicated and, you know, I ended up ordering and got the right things. Um, yeah. And she, you know, it's also helpful if maybe they slow down or yeah. once they realize like I'm having a hard time, Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe use, and, use different words. You know, there's definitely things that, um native speakers can do to help us as learners as well yeah definitely if you are a native speaker and then you're speaking with someone who is not you can always you know don't just talk louder that doesn't usually solve no no that's usually one of the worst things you can do the the other thing i don't like is that um because as i said in the library we we get a lot of international students and and people who who don't necessarily speak english or um Mm -hmm. we, we get a fair amount of maybe refugees or or um you know, immigrants from all parts of the world, and mm-hmm. they they get tours of the library to try to introduce them to the library. And those are not always necessarily like they're, they're you know in cooperation with the library. But the people who why do the tours, they're not necessarily librarians. And mm-hmm. there were one of two that I heard that were just when they were speaking to to these you know to to the to these immigrants, um, they sounded so patronizing, and they. And I could see they're coming from a good place because they want to, you know, make themselves understood. But they were, mm-hmm. you, you don't dumb down when you talk to somebody who doesn't speak your language fluently. You, you mm-hmm. construct your sentences in a, in a more straightforward and simpler manner and use less words. But, but there's a difference. And, yeah. and I, I don't know that I can easily explain it, explain what I mean by it. But um, maybe when you hear it, it's, it's easier to 
to pick mm -hmm. up. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to define where that line is. Yeah. It's um, also an attitude, all those things that are nonverbal, like oh, yeah. maybe the tone, what they're, you know, it's not just the words, but like the way they're expressing it. Yes. Yeah. Being exasperated, <laughs> having yeah. to repeat well, themselves or something. Yes. When, when people, if people have to repeat themselves and they get exasperated, that's the, the person they're speaking to will usually just turn off and try to mm -hmm. take themselves from that conversation and leave whether they get what they need or not. So it's yeah. yeah, very important to to understand you're not speaking to somebody who's not intelligent. You're speaking to somebody who just knows other languages than you. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is the end of part one of my interview with Marcin. And as I said earlier in the episode, I will be publishing part two very soon. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening all the way through. And we hope that you'll come join us for part two soon. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>